What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yes, sir. He's been broken. Yes, sir. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude, dude? That's, yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott, speaking. I'm not that broke yet. I'll have to say tonight's card was not that bad. I agree. Um, Overall, some of the card 
was really good, but uh, just to be honest here at the top of the show, as much as I wanted to enjoy a lot of these matches, I couldn't because I still maintain that a lot of the big matches that took place tonight should be taking place in two weeks at NXT Heat Wave. And I feel they were wasted on this show. And we're going to start off this show with one of the matches I felt did not belong on this card and should have been a Heat Wave. We have a Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match for the to crown the new NXT Women's Tag Titles, the vacant tag titles. And we have Toxic Attraction versus Diamond Mine versus Caden Carter and Katana Chance versus Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon. Uh, those are actually... I agree with you. This should not have been on free TV. It should not have paid But it was still a good opening match. I knew everybody else. That for Valentino, Farage, and Yusa, the other person. I knew everybody else. I didn't know those two. So it was back and forth for a second there. I thought Toxic Action was going to win. But thankfully, they did it. It was Caden Carter, Katana Chance, Woo-Woo, and Rockford Show. But I thought those was actually pretty good. But apparently, Mr. Vinicius did not like this match. Or did he? I enjoyed the match. I just still... But the fact that it was, it, it was on a... It was not on the Heat Wave show bothered me. But overall, this was a very good match. And I I like the fact that Valentina and Yulisa were the first ones eliminated because they did not deserve the tag belts at all. They were the least deserving of the four in that ring. And that includes Toxic Attraction. Much as I don't want to see Toxic Attraction with the belts anymore because we've been there, done that, smoked it, humped it, called it an Uber. <laughs> we don't need to see it again. For 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 the belts to be vacated and go back to Toxic Attraction would have been a fucking waste of time. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again. Nobody really gives a fuck about the women's tag team titles. They don't. To me, it's a failed experiment. Both here and on the main roster. And it, it, it is. a failed experiment. It hasn't gone anywhere. There was no reason to give a shit until Caden and Katana won. They were the perfect people. The perfect team to win this match. Now, I might have been okay with Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. I think I would have been okay with that. Did I like Diamond Mine? I think it would have been cool for them to have both sets of tag belts. But Caden and Katana deserve it more. Because they are living proof that you can go from being a jobber tag team to winning the gold and it told a better story and the pop they got was incredible. Very true. I don't think the crowd would have popped as loud if any of the other team won. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Everyone was chanting for uh, Carter and Champ, so yeah, they definitely had the crowd over, but I thought it was actually good. I understand where you're coming from putting it on uh, free TV that should have put it on the pay-per-view, but what can you do? Yeah, there's nothing we can do. I'm just, but I'm but I'm going to maintain that was a bad idea to, I felt it would have meant more at Heat Wave because I think it would have been more memorable and like I said this is if you wanted to get people to give a shit about these tag belts you picked the perfect team they were perfect for this they are they were celebrating in the crowd like they should because they're because the crowd was behind them completely and without the fans they have no they would have never gotten those belts if the crowd didn't care about them so it was an incredible sight to see so this is a very good opening match yes it was and on that note, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. And they're asked what's next for them. Jensen says he's still waiting for his first. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Joe Gacy and the Dyad interrupt. Gacy knows that Jensen is a second generation wrestler, unlike Cameron Grimes. Uh, the Dyad says they have a roadmap if Briggs and Jensen are lost. Gacy said he'd be happy to meet him in the ring tonight so he can deliver his message. No. I, I don't get it. <laughs> 
I was watching this. I was like, um, okay. And this big attention that his first is like, okay, you really need to let that go. But otherwise than that, I did like, okay. Here's the thing that's got me lost and confused. They're saying that Brooks Jensen is a second generation wrestler. Um, what other family member does he have in the business? Mm. Hold on, I'm trying to see here. Oh, apparently, I think I just found it. Oh, shit. What? Guess who his dad is? Who? Bull Buchanan. Um, okay. Okay, um, for those of you who, um, don't remember, um, Bull Buchanan used to be tag team partners with the Big Boss Man. He was also a member of Right to Censor. You remember the- Oh, okay. Remember the faction Right to Censor? Yeah, I remember Right to- Yeah, I remember that. Bull Buchanan was in that faction. It was him, Stephen Richards, the good father Val Venus and Ivory and he also was B squared and he was a backup for John Cena when he was the doctor of thugonomics well we learned something new today yeah because it turns out that Brooks Jensen's uh that's his wrestling name but his government name his shoot name his real name is Benjamin Buchanan and he is the son of Bull Buchanan which um for some reason nobody felt nobody nobody decided to mention that ever because obviously um you were saying unlike Cameron Grimes because Cameron Grimes is technically a second generation in the business, but his father never made it to the big time. His father never um, got to, um, you know, go to WWE or WCW or ECW or anything like that. He never made it to the big time. If I remember correctly, I believe that is the case. Yeah, Trevor Lee Cadell is... Uh, Cameron Grimes' real name. His father, Tracy Cadell, was a professional wrestler and promoter. So that's probably why he, you know, never made it to the big time because he was running his own promotions across the, you know, I believe it was in North Carolina where they lived. So that's where that reference came from. And I was like, okay, now that kind of makes sense because I find it weird you're just going to blurt that out out of nowhere, yet you don't mention it when when he's debuting for the company. That didn't make a lick of fucking sense to do that. But it can be useful if Brooks Jen if God forbid this tag team ever breaks up and I pray to God they don't that's a good way to get him to go solo and maybe if you want to bring Bull Buchanan back he can be like a mentor for his uh, son I think that could work okay I can only tell in this business exactly and so obviously um, Jensen and Gacy are going to meet in the ring and Gacy as I said before gets better and better every week that he does okay and on that note we cut to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams who come to the ring because Hayes is holding an open challenge. Williams says they're out there because it's Hayes' birthday. He says he makes moves, and the move for tonight is the open challenge. Giovanni Vinci answers the call, but before he can reach the ring, Nathan Fraser runs past and takes a spot in the match, so Vinci joins the broadcast team. So before we get to the match, Zach, how do you feel about this moment right here? Boring. I'm tired of Kamala Hayes and Trick Williams. I'm tired of, tired of Kamala Hayes having that belt. I think Kamala Hayes and Trick Williams need to break up or they need to become the tag team champions. Oh, I'm sorry. So, um, so you're not happy with the fact that they're making dollars and getting all the baby mamas? I would say, uh, I, I, am I jealous? Well, yeah, but I'm just sick of it. <laughs> Talk, you'll talk. All right. So, um, but I like the fact that he says, the first person that gets in this ring. <laughs> so Nathan just runs past him like, fuck this. I'm taking this title shot. Basically what he did. Yeah. So then we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT North American Championship. Carmelo Hayes defends the title against Nathan Fraser. No. Mm, heavens to Betsy, no. No, 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 no. 
I was watching, I was like, okay, you heavy person, you, and obviously I did not enjoy this match. I, I was like, okay, get this over with. Okay, piss break. Okay, okay, go get something to drink. Okay, okay, okay. Get distracted. I was like, no, but Vinny, go ahead. I mean, Nathan Fraser was basically doing a bunch of high spots, but I will say at least he found a way to place them properly. I noticed that. So, okay, he's doing a lot of move for move for move, but it's all being done in a believable way. Like, I noticed that. Like, at one point, like, he's blocking, like, he blocks the punch, throws one, blocks again, boom, two. Then Carmelo Hayes gets more frustrated. He hits a third one. Carmelo goes down. You know, he punches. He's chopping, shoots him off. Then he does, like, a flying forearm. Then another one, kips up, and then does a Luthez press. But as he's kipping up, Carmelo's turning around. So it's not like he's facing him, and Carmelo's waiting for him to do his move. Everything just moved fluently, even all the way up to the moon, the, the Whatever movie did, he landed on his feet, rolled, and then hit a super kick. Like everything moved fluently. So I will give Nathan credit for that. That someone found a way to go, okay, let's let's do this shit in a way that works. So as much as I don't like the flippy dippy spot fest shit, at least Nathan did it properly. Everything looked believable, which is more than I can say for a lot of guys in this business. So I will give Nathan credit for that. But at the same time, I kind of like the fact that he took this challenge because that means we can get Giovanni Vinci. Hopefully, here's what I'd like to see is after is I would like to see Giovanni Vinci versus Nathan Fraser next week. Giovanni wins that match. And then at Heat Wave, you have Carmelo versus Vinci for the North American title. And Giovanni takes it there. That would be a great match. That way you got that way. If he does drop the title, it's at Heat Wave, not on a ra- not on a free random show. Okay. Otherwise, than that moving on. Yes, we got a video package that hypes up Solo Sequoia and his background as a fighter. Yeah, I enjoyed this right here. That main event was gonna is, is gonna be good tonight, and I was watching. All right, good hype up, good hype up. Hope you guys in this the right way. Yes, exactly. So it was it was a very good hype up. You know, Solo Sequoia is letting people know. You know, you can't call yourself the king of the street fight or the god of the street. Fight fight or whatever because solo's like you don't know the streets i know the streets and i'm gonna take you to the streets tonight so i love that it was a good good hype up for solo reminding people this is a bad motherfucker that von wagner's about to step in there with then he ain't this ain't gonna be uh a walk in the park and on that note we cut to the nxt championship heatwave summit nxt champion Braun breaker and jd mcdonough discuss their upcoming title match mcdonough says breaker's passion is a stimulation as he sees a fire in his eyes and he wants to stop it out he says that when he looks at breaker all he sees is a map for the pain that he can inflict he vows to tear Breaker's muscle off his bones and win the title. Breaker says McDonough might be the smartest superstar he's ever stepped in the ring with. He notes that everyone has a plan until he breaks them in half. Breaker declares that when the title's on the line, he's an animal and he's going to hurt McDonough. The challenger says he believes Breaker, but the difference is that he personally welcomes pain. He refuses to sign the contract and tells Breaker to sign it first. He does, and McDonough signs the contract in his own blood. McDonough extends a bloody handshake offer, but Breaker instead raises the title. This was the best promo of the night. Oh, yeah. This was awesome. I was like, okay, okay, J.D. McDonough, I don't know you. See what you got. You're not gonna win, but the best of luck to you. And him signing this contract in his old blood. I was like, okay, you need a straight shot. 
back in a couple pills and a date with uh, Dr. Phil, but otherwise than that, I thought this was actually really, really good. Yeah, it's very, very good. Like, this is a very, very wonderful segment. J.D. McDonough showing how creepy he is, and that's what I like about him. He doesn't get, he's one of those people that's like extremely maniacal. Like, he's very calm in how he does things. He's cold and calculating. Like, that's, that's really what you want to see from a heel. You know, it's the person that's like, you know, I don't need to be loud. I don't need to be angry. I just need you to get emotional. You know, it's kind of like, it's like a Mufasa Scar kind of thing. Like when Scar would say something and Mufasa would go, is that a challenge? And Scar's like, tempa, tempa. You know, that kind of thing. That's what I like about it. It's, he's trying to get, the he's trying to do what everybody else does. Tap into Bronze emotions and watch him just get hot-headed and lose his shit. But the question is, is that going to work? And the answer is, only if he's ready to get called up. I don't think he's ready just yet. Then he ain't losing. So, okay. <laughs> But still, phenomenal promo. J.D. McDonough stole the show. And even the signing in blood was perfect. I love it. Like, it's just, it's as evil as you can get. And we cut to the backstage area, and the Creed brothers are training at their gym. Apollo Crews walks in and says they should watch their backs because not everything is what it seems. The Creed brothers understand and say they're focused on the match. Damon Kemp arrives and says Roderick Strong is late, but he'll be there in time for the match. The Creeds are upset because they have no game plan. Okay, where's Roderick Strong? Game plan, guys seem to be doing okay. And then Cruz walks in. I was like, all right, I was watching that. Okay, they're just getting ready for their match and everything else. And running late. Hmm, I wonder what Roderick Strong's up to. Yeah, I don't know why, but a part of me thought there might be an Apollo Cruz heel turn coming around. This came back as a face. I don't think so. I don't know. Just, just the way he said that, it sounded like a heel turn was coming. I mean, I, I mean that. I mean, I'm just saying. Usually, when someone's like, you know, be careful. Not everything is what it seems. Teams, that's usually an indicator that that person's going to come out and attack you. It's like when Triple H said, DTA, Austin, don't trust anybody. And Triple H later came out, whacked him with the sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Shit like that can happen. So that made me think there's a possibility. But then when I heard Roger Strong is late, I thought maybe he was going to cause some fuckery. And this was finally going to be the end of Diamond Mine. I don't know what was... I, I expected some fuckery to happen to the Creed brothers. I really did. Something about this promo made me think that there was going to be some fuckery. Which I like. Because it kept the focus off of what would happen in the match later. But we'll get to that later. Right now, we're going to cut to, uh, we see Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are screaming backstage because they're upset after their loss. Mandy Rose walks in and she's distraught too. They shout at Mackenzie Mitchell when she tries to interview them. And she tries to console her stablemates. Ha ha, who cares? This was fucking stupid. Uh, the little girls are uh, bitching the moment. But, uh, 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 losing their match, they didn't have the right to win in the first place or be involved in the first place. And Manny's like, I knew, now I know why they didn't want me out there. I knew they were going to cheat. It's like, nobody cheated, you dumb whore. <laughs> they didn't want you to cheat. Like, for fuck's sake. And then Mackenzie Mitchell comes over like, oh my God, you always come over at the worst time. You know what I'm just saying? For someone who's stuck up and full of themselves, you think they want somebody to interview them. It's just they didn't want to be interviewed down, did they? Yeah. The whole thing was fucking stupid. And I'm sorry, the more Wade Barrett tries to put them over, the dumber he sounds. 
She has an unhealthy obsession. She does. It's like, they should be bringing them water and getting them massages. First of all, that's not Mackenzie's fucking job. She is not the water. She's not the water chick. She's an interviewer. I'm not bringing, I'm not, that's exactly what I would do if somebody was like, he's like, you should, you're bringing a microphone, you should be bringing me a water. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't like the water boy to you, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't bring the high quality H2O, okay? My mama said that, my mama said that, my mama said that, my mama said that, my mama said that you're a bitch because you got all them teeth and no toothbrush. So anyway. Oh, boy. We're going to get a lot of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. Oh, Jesus Christ. We even want to call it that. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Saray in a non-title match. No. I didn't even pay attention. I barely paid attention to this match. I'll I be honest. I barely paid attention to this, too. I was just reading a couple emails. I was watching this. I looked over. Looked back. Mandy Rose won. Looked over. Back over at something else. Then Zoe Stark comes out and tries to save the day. So goes click, 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 click. Right for the show. I do think that Zoe Stark is going to become a new AEW. Uh, new Women's World Champion. Yeah. Well, no. Well, the thing is this: regardless of who won, Mandy's not losing her title because she's defending it against Zoe Stark at Heat Wave. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know this, why this was here. and obviously Mandy Rose is going to look strong going into the match, so we knew she wasn't going to win. Saray put up a decent fight, but you knew it was inevitable, so it was hard to enjoy. Very true. And after the match, Rose gets a chair and attacks Saray's leg with it. Zoe Stark makes the save, and Rose runs for the hills. Mm-hmm. So that's about it on that. And Next, we cut to a video package that highlights Tiffany Stratton's athletic background. She knows that she couldn't stand losing the Battle Royal because she's not a loser. Once again, why do you have to see this? Which I was looking at her, but I thought it was funny. funny. It was like, I gotta go shopping now. Doodles. I'm like, okay. I, I don't get it, but it works. Here, here's here's my problem. Here, here's my problem with this with this promo. I love the fact that Tiffany Stratton is an accomplished athlete and that she is a born winner and she's very successful in the athletic world, especially as a gymnast. However, here's my complaint. Usually when somebody has a solid athletic background like gymnastic competitions and is also, you know, a mixed martial artist and a bodybuilder and has all these skills, usually that's stuff you want to say when someone is a baby face. Now, Zach, we've been watching NXT for quite some time. Uh We've seen Tiffany Stratton since the day she stepped foot in NXT. Have you ever seen her or gotten any indication that she's a baby face? No. Did we see anything on the horizon that would lead to a baby face turn? No. Did this promo indicate at all that she was going to turn baby face? No. Then we don't need to know shit about her athletic background. Just stick to the shopping and daddy's credit card and save all this athletic shit from when you want to turn her from a heel to a baby face and use the athletic background to get the fans to like her. Because right now, all we see is the spoiled princess. We're given, when usually when someone is going shopping and talking about their daddy all the time, it's supposed to indicate that Tiffany is a spoiled brat who doesn't know the value of hard work. That's how those women get hated so much. They're the type of women where the only time they break a sweat is when they're either having sex, giving birth, or taking a spin class. That's the type of gimmick Tiffany has had since day one. It's what's made her unlikable, which is perfect because she's a heel. Now that you're mentioning her athletic background, how the fuck are you going to turn her baby 
face down the road? Or is she just going to be a heel the rest of her career? Which I'm fine with. Not everybody has to do a heel, baby face, or, or be baby face and turn heel. If you want to just have one your whole career, it is doable. There are some heels who never turn baby face. There are some baby faces who never turn heel. An example of a permanent baby face is Ricky Steamboat. An example of a permanent heel is Jesse the Body. Those are, the, those are two people who stayed in their lanes and never switched. So if you were going to do that, if you're going to mention her athletic background, save it for her baby face turn. I don't want a, I don't want to know about a heel's athletic accomplishments. I don't give a fuck. Your job is to make me hate her. How am I supposed to hate somebody with an accomplished athletic background? I'm not a libtard. Someone who is athletic and gifted doesn't make me feel inferior. The only people who hate somebody for being athletically gifted are snowflakes who can't relate to success. So I thought that was stupid. This whole entire thing was fucking stupid. And then you try to wrap it up by going, I'm going to go shopping now. Fuck this to death. All right. Now. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. You want to add anything or move on? Mm, you pretty much said it. Cool. In a backstage interview, Axiom discusses winning his debut. Duke Hudson interrupts and says Axiom is undersized. He contrasts the two of them and says it's night and day. Axiom says he's not afraid with him, afraid of him. Hudson attacks him and they start brawling throughout the backstage area. They battle onto the stage and Hudson and slams Axiom back first into the apron. He rolls him into the ring, kicks him a few times. Hudson hits a spinning slam, grabbing a microphone. He tells everyone not to believe in their heroes because they'll always let you down. Axiom gets a microphone and challenges Hudson to a match. Now, before we get to the match, Zach, how'd you feel about this incident here? Yeah, I don't. I like Duke Hudson. I don't know this Axiom guy. I was like, okay. And Duke Hudson was was getting him for a minute, and then all of a sudden the match happens. Let's go. Yeah, I mean the brawl was kind of stupid. Like it just it felt weird and just it, it was ridiculous. And then we have the match. We want to call it that. Uh, Duke Hudson versus Axiom. Boring. I was like, it was not believable at all. I was like, yeah, this is crap. Axiom's my size and Duke is the size of a giant. I was like, and then he wins with a roll up on Duke Hudson. Come on, not believable. I mean, if Axiom was going to win this match, the roll up is the right way to do it. It's better than having him do a knockout move and pin him. At that point, you might as well just piss in Duke's mouth. At least with a roll-up, there's an excuse. That's where the roll-up comes into play. It's a way to get somebody a victory that doesn't necessarily deserve one without burying the other person. So, I get completely why they did it. It makes logical sense to me. But, I still didn't enjoy it. Because I felt that, you know, Duke Hudson should deserves better. He's somebody that deserves a push, deserves a victory, and should be a future you know, NXT champion. You know, they they need to take him more seriously because he's actually a legit badass. But overall, yeah. And Axiom, there's just nothing interesting about this guy. I want to be Sin Cara. Yeah, that's all he is. He's a Sin Cara. The only difference is he can speak English. But the gimmick makes no sense. And this, and Axiom is not over. Like, the way they had, they were portraying this gimmick, we thought we were getting some smart mathematician guy. But really all we're getting is a masked luchador that's wasting everybody's time. Oh, okay. That's really all we're getting here. Yeah. So... In an interview, we cut to the backstage area. In an interview, Wesley discusses his loss to Trick Williams and takes issue with the way Trick Williams seemingly thinks he's the next Muhammad Ali. He dares Lee to meet him in the ring next week at a match that will combine Williams' boxing and Lee's wrestling. Okay. 
that's gonna be interesting to see. I was like, okay. I was like, ugh, another boring ass promo. What do you think? I think this doesn't make any sense. It does not make sense. How are you gonna combine boxing and wrestling and have this make sense? And is it gonna be anything like? Because I know in Impact Wrestling they had a championship. It was the Impact Grand Championship. This okay. is back in 2016. The original rules for it was three three-minute rounds with special event matches going five minutes per round. It was a 10-point must system. The judging categories were physicality, aggressiveness, and controlling the action. Wins can happen anytime via pinfall or submission. So if you had a pinfall or a submission during any of the three rounds, you won regardless. But if there was no winner after three rounds, the judges decided who won. And the first champion was Aaron Rex, who we know as Damian Sandow. Uh, there was Moose. There was Drew Galloway, a.k.a. Drew McIntyre. Uh, EC3, Matt Seidel, who we know as Evan Bourne. Josh Matthews and Austin Aries. So those were the only guys to ever hold that championship. And it was one of those craziest belts ever. And I'm sorry. I had to look that up. Or I was going to lose my goddamn mind. But speaking of titles, uh, we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Tag Team Titles. The Creed Brothers with Damon Kemp defend the titles against Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo. I thought this was actually very, very, very good. What about you? Well, to be perfectly honest... Okay, here we go. I, I have mixed feelings about this match. You see, on the I one hand, what? I bet you do. Yeah, because you see, it, it, it is a fucking problem that I have here. You see, I've always been a firm believer that if you are the leader of a faction, the leader of a group, if you're the Don, you should never be one half of a tag team title. The leader is not a tag team champion because the leader holds the top prize. And you got underlings that are the tag champs. If anything, it should have been those, those two Weeds from the Legados going for those belts. Or if Two Dimes still had a fucking contract, they could have let him and Stax go for the gold. Tony D should be focusing on the top prize. Don should be handling top guy business. This ain't top guy business. So already, I ain't happy. But at the same time, you know, Tony D gotta get something out of this. But overall, I thought the tag match was great. Tony and Stax have really good chemistry here. And of course, the Creed brothers are the fucking best. I think, I think Zach, if there's one thing we can agree on, Creed brothers as a team at a fucking best am i right they are the best yeah fucking best so then electra goes to hand the crowbar to the don and next thing we know we got santos escobar this fucking guy over here shows up hits him with the damn brass knucks creed hits that little forearm thingy and gets the win and they're still the tag team champions so basically we now have a situation here where again the legados are basically telling tony to go to hell which fucking pisses me off because I thought with Electra doing very well and the other two guys falling in line, I was hoping we see some good shit. Maybe Santos would come back all pissed off and angry that his family is not with him no more. And they can say, well, I mean, it's like, yo, Santos, it's like this, all right? Your way ain't working. His is. We're getting wins. We're making money. Business is going up. We like the new management. But no, we got to fuck this up like we fuck up everything else. It's for goddamn ridiculous. Legato's is played out. The waste of fucking time and this okay. needs to end okay are you done yeah can Vinny come back and can actually talk to a person? First of all, you are talking to a fucking person. Second of all, you want to add something to this thing? I thought it was utterly hilarious what happened. I saw this and I thought about you. I was like, uh-oh. 
Poor Don. Looks like he's got to go get his own garlic bread. It is fucking stupid, the whole thing. Alright, so in a promo, we got Roxanne Perez who discusses Cora J betraying her and crushing their friendship. She says their friendship meant more than the titles and she never wants to be associated with Jade again. Perez says she was always there when Jade needed her. She said that she's angry and she wants to settle it once and for all by facing Jade in two weeks at Heat Wave. Typical babyface sad promo. She's my friend. We were best friends. Boo hoo. I did not enjoy this. All these promos have sucked today. Anyways, I'm gonna go get something to drink. I'm gonna go on mute. Benny, you take this one, sir. Okay. I, I see a little bit of what Zach's saying here, and I agree with him to a degree. But in this particular case, you know, you gotta establish the fact that your friend betrayed you and you're pissed about it. Because nothing hurts more than the betrayal of a friend. We all know this. It's one thing when somebody you don't like and doesn't like you, and it's established, does something to you. It pisses you off, but you expect it. You don't expect your friends to stab you in the back. You don't. When someone you trust fucks you over, and I'm saying this is somebody who's had trusted people fuck him over, it hurts and you're bringing it up. Now, the fact that she says, I never want to be associated with Jade again, I don't know if I would choose those words. Because who's to say that down the road, this team might get might get back together? You don't know. How many times have we seen friends break up in this business and get back together and reunite? It happens pretty much all the fucking time. That is very, very true. So, to say you never want to be associated with somebody again in a storyline is kind of a tough road to go to. But at least, Roxanne has a fucking brain, which is more than I can say for a lot of other people around here. Because, she said, I want to face Jade at Heat Wave. As opposed to everybody else that's like, let's have a match next week. Roxanne's like, fuck that, I want the big show. Thank you, Roxanne, for being one of the few people in NXT with a functioning brain. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm impressed. Someone who actually wants to draw money. All right. Then we have another interview. Jade responds and says, no thanks, knowing that Perez wants to use her to elevate her name. Mandy Rose walks up and says, Zoe Stark needs to be stopped, referencing how Jade attacked her last week. Rose encourages her to do it again. Jade declines, but Rose says that if Jade takes Stark out, she get the title shot. Jade tells her she'll give it some thought. No. His thing. The if the fact that they turn this into a Cora Jade Zoe Stark match happening next week, I like it. It gives Zoe a chance to whoop some ass and look good going into the title match. Because I doubt, heavily doubt, that Cora Jade is gonna win next week. I don't see her getting a title shot. Because they're not gonna do a heel versus heel match where Mandy drops the belt. I think Zoe's gonna beat Cora Jade, then she's gonna go to Heat Wave and she's gonna beat Mandy for the women's title. Because Zoe's got the best revenge. Revenge, and it's time for Manny to drop it. Okay. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Kate, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. They're emotional as they discuss their title win. Caden says they never stop no matter what, which makes this moment that much sweeter. <sighs> Good for them. They're just, man, this problem didn't bug me. They're back there. We won the titles finally and rightfully so, but I enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah. I mean, they're celebrating. They finally got the belts. They're a true meaning of persevering. Like I said, they went from being a jobber tag team that no one gave a fuck about to finally winning the belts. And that is what makes this moment sweeter. The fact that they've been underdogs for so long. That's very, very true. Moving on? Yes. Uh, we're moving on to the next match of the evening. We got Brooks Jensen with Josh Burke. 
Braves and Fallon Henley versus Joe Gacy with the dyad. Everything was fine and dandy until the Motley Crew wannabe groupies came in. Yes. But it wasn't that bad, and, and Gacy won rightfully so. And uh, I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. You think uh, the dyad and Brooke Jensen are going to go for the UK Tag Team Championships? Yes, boy. All right, we'll see when that happens. Hopefully do it at the next pay-per-view, not next week. Well, technically the dyad, back when they were the grizzled young veterans, I believe they were UK Tag Team Champions. At one point. I believe they were. I uh, don't know how long they had the belts for. I can't remember if they were. I can't remember if they were the longest running tag chance or if that was pretty deadly. Can't remember which team. But I do know that the Dyad have held those belts before. So it'll be intriguing to see if they win them again. And obviously, Joe Gacy's using this as a way to um, convince Cameron Grimes to join him. And, you know, obviously Gacy blindsiding, getting the pin, getting the win, doing very well. Like this was, it was a a good win for Joe Gacy and you know with the way they're building this they're building him up and his faction he needed the win this week Brooks doesn't need singles wins because he's not going to be pushed as a singles competitor anytime soon okay I'm looking up the longest reign it was uh, uh, a guy named Mark Coffey and Wolfgang <laughs> yeah because um, in the promo Gacy says Grimes life has been divided and the only way to change your life is through the help of others he says that he can give Grimes what he has been missing the camera pans backstage where Grimes is watching the message and he walks away. We're going to see a Joe Gacy Cameron Grimes match here soon. Oh, it's definitely coming. And hopefully they do it right. Yes. And then we cut to the backstage area with Tony D'Angelo and Stax who discussed Legato's betrayal. Escobar calls him and says they're almost even. He says they can't work for each other and they can't work together. D'Angelo is asked to end and Escobar agrees to one final accord. Well, uh, yeah, uh, just those two together in the ring. No, no cheating and see where we go. Hey, Vinny, real quick. Hey. Yeah? How's the jaw? My jaw's just fine. All right. I didn't get hit with the brass knucks. Tony D did. Poor Tony D. You know, the dawn of NXT got an ultimate form of disrespect, and the shit's got to fucking stop. So, basically, next week, they're going to have... Th- now, next week is just an accord. This ain't going to be a fight. It ain't going to be a brawl. F- from my recollection, it's going to be a fucking meeting. So, they sit- so they're going to sit down one-on-one with nobody around, and they're going to lay out the terms. Because if, they- if they're going to have a fight or a brawl next Next week, then once again, they're fucking things up. You got heat wave in two weeks. Have them sit down, go somewhere, have a conversation, and hey, let's get put, let's put a match together, put some stipulations together, and we settle this shit in the fucking ring once and for all. You and me, you and me, Santos, we fucking end this. Okay, this is fucking over. All right, you and the Taco Brigade can get the fuck out of my NXT if I beat your ass. You kick my ass, I'll leave and take my pizza and pasta with me. That that's pretty much how this needs to go. It pretty much needs to be a loser leaves town match. Loser leaves NXT gets called to the main roster, which normally would be a, which normally would be a sin. But with you know with Triple H in charge of the full creative, I see things going well. May they rest in peace. Okay. All right. Moving on. Yes, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. We got Last Legend versus Alba Fire. I did not enjoy this. Did you? It was too short. Yeah, I enjoyed the match. Did not enjoy the finish. Yeah, the match was good, but it was just it was just too short. And uh, Alba Fire won, rightfully so. So, but they need to go do one more match, maybe at the next pay per view. But this was just too short. I well, I don't know. I mean, it was there. There weren't any. There wasn't any fuckery in this match, so it's hard to do another one. Looks like Alba made her point. All right, all right, all right, all right. Which, again, could have been made at fucking Heat Wave. But they did it now, did they? 
No, because they're stupid. Very stupid. Yeah. So, at one point during the match, the broadcast team, I don't know why the fuck they do this shit. Um, yeah, we're going to interrupt this important match to tell you that Roderick Strong's on Twitter congratulating the Creed brothers, and Apollo Crews responding by telling him to stay away from them. Like, that's not going to turn into a fucking feud. Yeah, okay, whatever. Like I said, either Apollo Crews is manipulating the situation, or Roderick Strong is a toxic motherfucker. We will see. Oh, we fit in to find out. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area. We got Carmelo Hayes, Tribune are leaving, and they stumble onto some women whose car broke down, and Hayes and Williams helped them out. Okay, good for them. Now, I don't know why they have to have that. Are you jelly, Zach? Not the time to be jelly, okay? Are you jelly? No, I'm not jelly. Mm-hmm. Sure you're not. Hey, I ain't got to be. But anyway, uh, we see, we then see a promo with Nikita Lyons who says she saw Kiana James's presentation. She says she has dealt with people like James her entire life and tells her that she's not changing for anybody. Lyons tells James that if she has a problem with that, she can meet her in the ring next week. Good promo, and I, I like the promise from Nikita Lyons, but I want to see her in the ring again. Hopefully she's recovered. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, this match I don't mind seeing in the ring next week because I don't think they did anything to really warrant a heat wave match. So, yeah, we can put this on next week. I don't give a shit. Okay. So, we can, this will probably be one and done anyway. I don't see this becoming a real feud. And yeah, on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. We got a false count anywhere match. Von Wagner versus Solo Sequoia. Good main event. Oh, yes. Stellar. Very stellar. I enjoy the living hell out of this. Yes. I mean, these two beat the living shit out of each other. They would, they used uh, the steel steps and, and, and chairs, a couple of tables, but you can, the one thing they did not use? What? Ladder. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. I was like, thank God, no ladders. But this was brutal. I was like, okay. Yeah. They has fight. Yeah, that was a very good house fight. Very good house fight, sir. And there was only one part funny. of this match that was fucking stupid. What? The dumpster was dumb. Oh. It's like, I'm going to throw him in a dumpster. I'm going to close the lid. Yay, the match is done. No, it's not, you dumb fuck. It's not a dumpster match. It's a false count anywhere. That, that means you would have to get inside the dumpster and tempt that person. Exactly. He's like, I'm going to throw him in a dumpster and I'm going to walk away. And they're, even the ref's telling him, the match is still going. And I thought it was pretty funny when they went outside that um, Kamala Hayes got pushed into the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then Cam, they were going back and, and then out comes Cameron Grimes. He got pushed out of the way. So, which I'm shocked that Cameron Grimes or Kamala Hayes didn't get interact, but thankfully they didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something that might motivate Cameron Grimes to join the family or join up with uh, Joe Gacy because it's like, you know, I'm getting ignored. I'm getting neglected. I thought it would have caused him to snap and beat the hell out of both those guys. But maybe and then maybe Cameron Grimes gets like his ass beat royally. Like they both just beat the fuck out of him and then go back to beating up each other. Huh. And of course at the end, uh, Solo Sequoia lays out Wagner on the broadcast table and hits a splash through the table. Am I the only one that noticed? I don't think he got fully onto the table, did he? Yeah, he did. And the angle I saw, it looked like he barely missed it. That's why I was surprised it broke. Yeah, and I saw what, I, it, no, he was on the table. Okay. Sequoia, he hit, the, he hit his spot right. Yeah. And then he got he the one, there. two, three, and Solo Sequoia wins the match. You think this rivalry is done? What the fuck else is she going to do? That's true. Which again, should have been a heat wave. Yeah, I know. You're supposed to use the big shows to settle the score. This would have been great for Heat Wave, but instead, they wasted it. They wasted it away. Yes. Now the show is ruined. So anyway. No, uh-uh. Ruined. It's ruined. 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 Dipshit. Yeah. 
All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and I look forward to talking to you on the next one. I wasn't really busy, but th- but thank you, and I will be. All right. Um, next time, make sure you, all right, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Breaker, Breaker, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Check out our episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment where you can hear the Wens and I give our predictions for WWE SummerSlam and be on the lookout for our SummerSlam recap coming to the Boochcast Facebook page later this week or sometime next week. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Uh, Be sure to go to the YouTube channel and check out the YouTube channel for all of our exclusive video content and of course hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted uh, Zach and I over the weekend did two episodes of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring uh, we got we just got two more videos that need to be done before uh, I'll start editing and putting them out there for you guys to check out we want to make sure we get them all done so I can just go one after the other with no spaces in between no space between so uh, we'll be getting that out there to you guys very, very soon. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our SummerSlam one's up there if you want to check out all the festivities. Zach held down the fort very well. But our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. We'll all be getting together for the Survivor Series. Well, not all of us, but we'll be uh, having a watch party out there for you guys at 8 p.m. It will be done in one of two locations. It will either A, be done in Winston-Salem, North Carolina because I'll be down there with uh, Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs for the uh, for WrestleCade weekend. We're doing a special American Males exhibit. So who knows? We might be able to get together and uh, do a live stream of WWE Summer uh, Survivor Series. Uh, but if we're not able to, for whatever reason, then the team here in Georgia, they'll take care of it and you guys will get to join us for the Survivor Series live at 8 p.m. on Twitch TV slash the Boochcast. We also have our live D&D show coming soon. We also have our Boochcast booking battle and another special project that we're working on that once all the final kinks are worked out, Elvis just did his part recently. Um, you guys will get to check out this amazing project and once it gets started, you're gonna love it. And also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have um, three different levels you can donate at. Uh, the first level is 99 cents per month, just $1. Uh, it's uh, help. It's for those who want to help us out but don't have a lot of money to spend. So that basic level is for you. If you have some spending cash, you can go to the second level, which is $4.99 per month, $5. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $9.99. 
Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. I know ever since they sold it to the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. Sit $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money that we raise goes back into this show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment. We use to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed uh, this uh, vacation taking gentleman here his ramen noodles and we are trying diligently to get him laid. So for all you ladies out there with uh, daddy issues or any form of mental illness, we have an eligible bachelor that is guaranteed to make you happy no matter how low your standards are. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>